When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up-to-date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. We're here, day five, Bears camp. My final day here. I'm a little bit sad. Of course, I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And Nick, I don't know, are you as hot as I am out here in the sun today? Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this hot today. It said it was around 80, but it's a lot hotter than that with the sun just beating down on you all day. Yeah, it started off as a nice, cool morning, but the temperature has definitely risen, and so has like the temperament a little bit at practice today, because today, like we mentioned yesterday on the Day 4 podcast, was the first time that the Bears went live, and for the first time in a week, or actually in a year pretty much, I were able to see some live contact. Were you as excited as I am to kind of see some live action, some live hitting today? Yeah, because usually throughout camp, uh, the whistle would blow. There's The play is dead, but now they kind of let uh, things go a little bit longer. We saw some... Good stuff from David Montgomery, which I know we'll get to later. But you actually saw some hitting, which is exactly what these players kind of need after being, like you said, a year from uh, removed from all that stuff. But it was good to see people actually end up on the ground, no injuries or anything like that. But that that's always a good thing. Well, there's one. There was one, and I saw your tweet. I didn't I didn't see it at all today. Yeah. So injury update. Uh, nothing. I would say overly serious. Well, the injury could be, but not detrimental to this team. Right now, Alex Bars, the rookie guard out of Notre Dame, who does have a history of some significant knee injuries, uh, looked like he went down with a knee injury today, needed to get helped off the field, and then he was carted off of practice. Thanks. So Alex Bars, someone that I know we've all been very high on, if you can say healthy. Uh, today, he was down with a knee injury. We'll see exactly how severe it is, but it didn't look good, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, a guy that's been running with that second team mm-hmm. a lot and obviously having that familiarity with Harry Heastan, you just hope it's not something that is going to, you know, uh, again, ruin his career or anything like that because he's had injuries in the past. Hopefully a bar is okay. All right, well, you and I were walking to our favorite spot on campus is what I'm going to start calling this area, and we decided that we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Instead of going position by position on both sides of the ball, uh, we're just going to kind of flip it down the middle, 
and go ahead and just share our biggest takeaways because today what the Bears did was a lot of work in the trenches, the short yardage situations, uh, being at the goal line, being backed up against the goal line. So offense and defense working on some of that short yardage running well, schemes both for both yeah. ways. So let's start with the offense today. Nick, what about you? What are some of your – let's just start with your first big takeaway. Yeah, so, I mean, we talked about it, that the offense was working on those short yard situations, backed up in their own goal line. That first team unit, I think it was the first time they did that all day. One of the very first plays was a safety. It would have been a safety. I think Roy Robertson-Harris and I forget the other D lineman on the other side get into the backfield. Mike Davis would have been tackled for loss, safety mm -hmm. on the play. Then the next play, it's, again, this first team offense. I think it's – I don't know if it's a first team defense or second team defense, but Mitch Trubisky uh, throws a pass to his right. It's off the mark. The defense or the offense obviously doesn't move any uh, forward from there. It's really where you saw maybe that second team offense, maybe even the third team offense that kind of inch their way out of there. So, I mean, those were some initial takeaways from seeing the offense backed up its own goal line, having to get out of the end zone. Very first play, Mike Davis is going to get a safety, and Roy Robertson-Harris made a great play. He did. Roy Robertson-Harris actually flashed off and on for yeah. me today. Uh, but sticking with the offense, and we can talk about uh, our, our age here momentarily, um, both the offense, you mentioned it, they did at least the first team. They struggled today, even going up against the second team defense, which yeah. I think since today was the first live day, it does kind of bode more in the defense's favor. So even though they're going up against, I won't even call it purely the twos, uh, because they did say second team defense, but you saw some starters out there. Oh, yeah. It was a hodgepodge kind of, you know, roster that they're putting out there, a depth chart. You couldn't really get a grasp on. I think, I mean, we know who the starters are in defense, mm -hmm. but they wouldn't put like a full sub package in. Um, but for me, number one, offense struggling a little bit. Uh, but I think the big one, and I, we got to talk about it, the David Montgomery run late in practice. Uh, during the drill, it was pretty much the Bears had uh, first and 10, and pretty much they needed to ice the clock. So get a first down, and the game's over, and they go in victory formation. Uh, they had a hard time doing it at first, but then David Montgomery gets a handoff, goes right up the middle, trucks over. Did you see who he trucked over? Because I could not. Oh, man, it was. I know on the back end, I can't even pronounce that safety's last name. I think it was like 43 on the roster sheet. That was the last guy he trucked. Jabuwu? Yeah, there you go. Whatever. Great, great pronunciation there. But that was the last guy he trucked. There were two other guys before that where David Montgomery's just lowering the shoulder, bouncing off these defenders, and gaining yards. It was impressive to watch. It was the loudest I I heard the entire, you know, audience, all the fans here and, uh, you know, at camp today get. Everyone was very excited. And I think the entire Bears offense got, and even some members of the defense got very excited to see that out of number 32 today. I think everybody on the sideline, or at least almost everybody, after that sequence gave Montgomery some sort of congratulations, either it be a high five. Patting him on the helmet. Exactly. I mean, that was the play of the day out of training camp. David Montgomery running over multiple Bears defenders and, you know, icing the game because after that was victory formation and the offense was able to close that one out. Anything else on offense stick out to you today? I mean, I know there's a few things, but just going back to what's next on your list. Yeah, just next on my list, and I was talking with some people that were sitting around me. Uh, I was focusing on Anthony Miller today. I said that on yesterday's podcast. You know, I think he had a better day overall. He did have a dropped pass from Chase Daniel, hit him right in the hands, just dropped it. But then he comes back, is able to catch a few more passes, get into the end zone on a nice corner route. Buster Screen was in coverage, was able to, you know, corral that ball. But it seems like with Anthony Miller, when he's getting the ball, it's when number four is throwing it, Chase Daniel and not Mitch Trubisky. I still don't – I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen that chemistry between those two. But he's running good routes. He's open. I just haven't seen Trubisky deliver the ball to Anthony Miller yet. So I want to see if that 
you know, can improve. I know I'll be here at least one more day, and maybe that's a day that everything clicks. There was also one play where they were at that goal line situation, the offense, and Anthony Miller, he's not in the right place to line up. He has to adjust. He's supposed to be in the slide. He's supposed to be off the line. And then I think Taylor Gabriel's like, no, you're off the line. So it's like those little things, those mm-hmm. little mental errors that you just want Anthony Miller to fix. But I think he did have a better day, especially when Chase Daniels was throwing the football. I see Jacob Infante there from Windy City Gridiron taking a walk. Hey, Jacob. How's it going, man? <laughs> Good. No, just a live podcast. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we can pick up Jacob uh, in the audio here, but he did say what's up. And he said, am I interrupting anything? And I Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. Uh, so you had your professor from Iowa here today, right? Or is it- uh, Professor from DePaul. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dang, I was trying to have a nice segue to James Daniels, but... That didn't work out. It didn't work. But out. I want to talk right. about James Daniels real quick because I was watching him keying in on him today because it was live action, and I know we're not really talking about the position switch, but I wanted to see how he fared against Eddie Goldman. And for the most part today, I mean, he looked real strong. He was able to stand Goldman up, making sure he wasn't getting driven backwards. I think I only counted one to two plays where Goldman was able to kind of inch his way towards the backfield. But overall, James Daniels was able to keep Eddie Goldman in check. And I think you know, and most of our listeners do as well, just how good of a nose tackle Eddie Goldman is. And to see James Daniels hold his own, if not even win that battle more times than not today, was a very encouraging sign because we want to see that second-year jump. And I think we're starting to see that out of James Daniels today. Yeah, and then sticking with the offensive line, uh, Kyle Long, he was practicing, but he wasn't repping with that first team. Usually he was out on the sidelines uh, at that uh, right guard spot. Again, I think they're just kind of easing him into things. Obviously, being a veteran there, you don't want to, I guess, overexhaust him. But, yeah, so uh, I think that's just, again, precautionary for the Bears and allowing, I think it was Ted Larson who was repping in with that first team. That's correct, yeah, 62 Ted Larson. And I think you can tell, especially some of the times that defensive line was able to burst through that first team offensive line you'd rather you definitely want to see a Kyle Long in one of those situations especially when you're backed up against your goal line you need that push Kyle Long's a guy that I would want to run behind I think the first time they started running some 11 on 11 today the offensive line had the slight advantage they were opening up some holes but as the practice wore on is when the defense started to take over a little bit and when I saw that happening Uh, Someone who I saw on the turf a lot was Cody Whitehair. And I don't know because, again, I can't really watch it in slow motion or go back and watch the replay of what exactly happened. But, of course, anytime the offensive lineman's on the ground, that's not an ideal situation. Uh, So something I noticed today, I think that uh, a few times he got tripped up either by another offensive lineman or a defensive guy as well. Um, But just that surprised me to see Cody Whitehair getting up after plays a little bit more than maybe I'm accustomed to because usually he is someone who can keep his feet, keep his footing, and, uh, you know, continue to stand tall. But more times than not, uh, he was the one on the turf. For me, one other observation, I probably have a few more, but one more right now that kind of comes to mind, because we're talking about the Bears, they use a lot of running today. I saw David Montgomery run the ball, Tariq Cohen run the ball, Ryan Nall run the ball, but I did not see anything out of Kareth White Jr., uh, the rookie, what, sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick? Seventh-round pick. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I did not see anything out of him today. He was someone who last weekend uh, did have some flashy plays, you know, in either pro pads or the very first day in pads on Sunday where there still wasn't live contact, but... Yesterday and today, I haven't seen anything out of Kareth White. I don't think we need to go into that and the impact because there's still a strong chance he just sits on a practice squad. But he is someone with that top-end speed that I thought would have a few more moments than he's had today. And I think he has had zero moments over the last two days. 
Yeah, um, again, we'll see what ends up happening with him. Seventh-round draft pick. He's not guaranteed, uh, obviously, to make the 53-man roster and probably practice guys where he's going to be pegged at. But kind of going back to the offensive line for the running backs, like you said, there were times where this offensive line was creating, pushing, uh, making big holes. You saw Mike Davis have a big run today, showed some elusiveness and some smooth running in between the tackles, and David Montgomery was able to get a big hole to the left side uh, of the field there. So I think for for today's practice, offensive line-wise, when they – you know, there were a couple times where Cody Whitehair was on the ground or in the goal line situation where they're able not to get, you know, a good enough push. There were times where they're creating big holes, and then these running backs are taking advantage of that. Looking at tight end real quick, no Trey Burton today. Yeah. Uh, I don't have my phone right here in front of me. I, I figured uh, Coach Nagy, he's going to have some sort of update. If I had to guess, just some personal day off because, I mean, obviously he was healthy yesterday. I'm sure we would have heard something if otherwise. But no Trey Burton was a slight surprise. Adam Shaheen was in full pads throughout the entire practice. Did you see anything out of him today? To me, he still looks a little stiff. Looks a little stiff. I saw two plays, one good, one bad. Adam Shaheen gets wide open uh, just in the middle of the field. I think it was just a simple in, in route. Trubisky puts the ball right in his hands, complete drop. This is in seven on seven. And then when I happen to glance over at the wide receivers and tight ends versus DBs on one-on-ones, it was Adam Shaheen, can't tell you who the DB was, but was able to box out his guy, get into the end zone, Trubisky threw the ball. That's where you that's where you see Adam Shaheen do most, if any, of his work when it comes on Sundays when he gets into the end zone. So, again, good and bad. Like you said, a little stiff still. At least he made it out of practice, hopefully, you know, healthy. And because, again, that's a guy that's usually – not the one practicing. Yeah, exactly. And everyone like in the stands today that every time Adam Shaheen has some sort of ball go his way, they're like, "Oh, good, he's practicing. I, I didn't expect to see him out here today." Or, "Oh, have and like people know I've been here for a few years in a row now." Like, have you seen any progression? I thought last camp he put together a solid one. It's just availability is yeah. the big issue with Adam Shaheen. At tight end, Ian Bunting. I just want to mention his name again. Ian Bunting, He's my yeah. guy. He, he was uh, taking some more reps with the first team today. He was. Uh, I did see a drop by him, but overall, he's still someone who's getting more and more opportunities with the first team, a lot with the second team, more than uh, Dax Raymond, uh, the other undrafted free agent tight end as well. So I just wanted to mention that. Do you have any final observations? Uh, people are probably wondering, why haven't you talked about Mitch today? And do you have anything? Because he wasn't really – overly active today it really was a lot of stuff on the ground yeah it was a lot of stuff on the ground but some of the things that you see from Mitch Trubisky I know in the first team drill he overthrows Allen Robinson it's picked off by HaHa Clindix great look great play by HaHa being in position but Allen Robinson's open you just Mm -hmm. need to throw a better ball and not overthrow a guy that he's been you know on par with throughout this training camp Allen Robinson so he uh, overthrew one then I, we were talking with Adam Johns just along the walk from right. where we were at to here, and we were saying, like, yeah, Mitch, he looked all right, I guess. I mean, there wasn't anything too flashy from him. If anything, there's a lot of check downs, but he also made a really good point. He's seen guys like uh, – well, he said Mike Lennon was, like, the exception of one of the guys who never had a good practice. <laughs> but uh, there's been some, like, backup quarterbacks who have had good practices, and obviously they're the backups. And he's seen Jay Cutler light it up. So maybe we shouldn't make too much of these practices. You are going against the number one you know, defense from a year ago. But overall, I think for Mitch, it was a lot of checkdowns. And then when he saw Chase Daniel, at least he's taking shots and trying to go a little bit deeper. For the most part, I think, Mitch, it's been a lot of checkdowns for me. That's what I've kind of noticed. There's a He had uh, two overthrows in a row in the end zone. 
uh, one to Javon Wims. Yep. And I believe, I'm trying to think of the other one was. It does, it's escaping me right now. But they were back-to-back plays. Seemed like the same exact route concept as well. And he needed to put some touch on it. And it was just, I mean, a foot or two away from the hands of the receiver. It was very close. Uh, and speaking of Javon Wims, he was open a lot today as well. And someone who... Did exit yesterday with an injury, returned before it was over, but today he seemed like he was back to 100%. Yeah, Javon Wims again. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Consistency is like the best word with him. Mm-hmm. Him and probably Allen Robinson among those wide receivers. Guys that are constantly getting open. You know what? We don't really talk much about Taylor Gabriel. I think it's because, again, maybe he's just a guy that's maybe left out, but he's been consistent too. Yeah. He really has. Mitch Trubisky trusts him. Uh, if he's not going over the top, it's just a little out route or a hitch. So I want to give some love to Taylor Gabriel because I think he's also been consistent. Just maybe a guy that's kind of getting overlooked with all the other wide receivers that are on this roster. Yeah, he, he is a, one of those Mr. Consistent that's their position. I mean, he's he can find ways to get open, find a soft spot in the zone, and Mitch usually does have a good job of uh, connecting with him whenever those two try to you know pair up in the middle of a play. Anything else on the offense, Nick? No, I think those are like the really big takeaways from uh, today's practice. Like you said, a lot of goal line situations, running stuff was the focal point of this practice with live hitting. But I think we hit on everything there. All right, real quick, before we head over to the defense, I checked on our way up here today, and we were only 17 reviews away from our goal of 500 on Apple Podcasts. Remember, once we hit that goal, we will be – selecting one reviewer to get a free Bears jersey of their choice. And all we have to do is hit that goal by week one. I think we're going to get 17 by week one. But, again, if 17 people decided to review it today, we can buy that jersey tomorrow and we could quit talking about a 500 review goal. Yeah, and then someone who's maybe going to a preseason game could definitely wear it to one. There you go. See, you're thinking ahead. I like that, Nick. But let's go in and let's talk about the defense. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to start off small and maybe work my way bigger. Uh, Matthew Betts, uh, the Canadian undrafted free agent, we talked about how he looked a little odd last week. Yesterday I mentioned he's starting to kind of gear up, it looked like. Today he had a few plays. Uh, granted, again, he's going against the twos and the threes. I saw him lining up uh, with the twos more, uh, more than even Kylie Fitz today. And he was, uh, when he was going up against Rashad Coward, usually Coward was having the advantage there. Um, but whenever he would go off of the left tackle, uh, whoever, I don't even remember who the left back tackle is right now, but he was able Good. Sorry, I thought there was a B, and I thought oh, I was going to get stung. I've never been stung, Ooh. Will, so that would not be good. <laughs> it's one of those things you just hear the buzz, and you're like, ah. Oh, God, this is happening. But when he was going over to the left tackle, there was a few plays when he was in the backfield and a snap, that quick burst off the ball. He was able to you know, wrap up, a, I think a couple plays he was able to wrap up in the backfield. Uh, so for me, Matt Betts is starting the trend in the right direction. Maybe he had a slower start at camp, but you know, he's starting to warm up, and he's someone when he gets to the preseason games that I'm starting to circle that I'm going to watch out for. What about you? What's your going to be your first defensive takeaway you know I haven't I guess again these five practices defensive line not that it's not been my focal point but when I was paying attention from my vantage point in today's practice Bilal Nichols kept showing up number 98 was in the backfield there was one play where he got into the backfield great move to get in doesn't finish the play on Mike Davis but other than that he's consistently just using his hands properly getting off blocks getting in the backfield 
really progressing from year one where he showed a lot of flashes, a lot of great plays, but he just stood out. I kept seeing number 98. If he was on the bottom of a pile and the running back was tackled, it was 98 that was down there. So, again, seeing some good things from Bilal Nichols when I was just paying attention there. We mentioned Roy Robertson Harris yep, yep. actually now getting some reps a little with the ones, with the twos. Also, Nick Williams is a guy that always – like consistently shows up or is maybe even getting those reps with the ones, which, again, wouldn't have expected, but it, it's good to see that. I know I saw Akeem Hicks here. I'm kind of just going through the entire defensive I can tell. line now. Yeah, uh, Akeem Hicks, he bench-pressed whoever the right guard. I think it was Larson on that play, just bench-pressed him, and the running back had nowhere to go. I mean, that's just what you kind of expect from Akeem Hicks being the dominant player that he is. But, yeah, I saw some really good things from the defensive line today. Did you not see the flashes from John Bullard as well? I didn't. Wow, actually. he actually, I think one to two <laughs> plays, I jotted down. Hey, we can see John Bullard. He was in the backfield quick. Again, he is someone who has been lacking consistency. Mm-hmm. And to me, seeing a few splashes, uh, the first ones I've seen all camp, uh, he was going, he was lining up with the twos mostly. I did see him getting a few first-team reps. Um, but overall, like you said, the entire defensive line uh, really had it out today. They had a really good practice. Uh, looking at linebackers, one thing I noticed is that Roquan is, again, he's continuing to be that nickelbacker, which means once Trevathan is off the field, it is Roquan making the call. So you have to wonder if this is like that final year where he's splitting duties, and then next year's the year where he fully takes over the play-calling duties on defense. Um, but another linebacker that stood out to me today, and a name I don't think I've said in the podcast yet, which is exciting, James Vauders. He had a few plays today uh, near or around the line of scrimmage, uh, a few plays in coverage as well where he was able to get his hands on a few balls. So for me, uh, James Vauders is another uh, unsung hero, but someone who is starting to pick some things up, it seems like, and playing a little bit more confidently. And is another guy that when we get out there to the preseason, I want to watch for because he's someone who – has uh, a good opportunity to make the practice squad. And if he does develop, uh, you never know, a good special teamer maybe down the road for him. Uh, but, yeah, James Vodders, I figured give him a shout-out because I don't think we said his name yet uh, throughout the first four episodes of the Bears Camp Reports. What about you, Nick? You know, a name that you guys have heard of, Dane Trevathan. I saw him uh, just lay out Tariq Cohen. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't even close. So Tariq Cohen thought he had a hole up the middle. And then number 59 just comes and closes that out. Tariq Cohen is on his back, on on the ground. Obviously, Trevathan helps him up and stuff, but he just flat out laid out Tariq Cohen. It was great to see. I mean, Dan Trevathan, I don't think we've talked really much about him. It's just, again, a guy that you can rely on. He's going to do his job, be in the right position, whether it's filling gaps or if he's in pass coverage. He had a really big hit today. He, I mean, obviously, you could tell he – was waiting for live practice right. where he can lay somebody out. But that's just somebody that I kind of noticed. And, you know, and I was also saying this while amongst the people that were around me, Joel E.A. Buniwe. How's it going, you guys? <laughs> Go Bears. Go Bears. Uh, Joel has gotten so much better since that first day in pads, especially when it comes to rushing the passer in that drill where it's the running backs versus the linebackers one-on-one have the dummy quarterback in the back there Joel's just gotten so much better with it and Mm -hmm. I think that's what you want to see again another young player just showing that he's capable of providing that pass rush but I've been impressed with him because that first day not very good I know he ended up on the ground twice but today he's been able to you know do better at it yeah that was pretty far for me to watch but I did see number 45 out there and like you said he looked like vastly improved in that drill compared to just a week ago so uh, seeing that seeing that he's also trending forward is great because obviously he has a big special team duty this year 75 percent of those snaps last year to see what he can do play more confidently uh, and also, we always need more and more. You can't have enough of good depth, so if you can develop as an inside backer more, 
You had a bug on you? There was a little beetle on my leg. I didn't like it. Nice. <laughs> uh, for me, looking over at the secondary, we already talked about Haha Clinton Dix's interception. Did you see anything else out of him today uh, that shows signs of him, A, being healthy and just encouraging overall? You know, I think he had a little bit more reps just with that first-team unit uh, overall, so just getting more playing time. But other than really the, the interception, I didn't really notice much from HaHa. There were a couple of plays where the backup safeties were laying down some big hits. I don't know how many times I've said Clifton Duck's name on this podcast, but okay, apparently three. But he had another big hit in this practice today, so I don't know. Again, that doesn't really mean anything. I don't know if he's going to make the team, but he's consistently you know, lowering that shoulder and laying down some big hits. For me... Nickelback, you're looking at Buster Screen. A couple times today, he tripped up over his own feet. I believe both times he was in coverage on Allen Robinson, so that is a very tough matchup indeed. But another day where Buster Screen is leaving me, uh, you know, with some to be desired here. I want to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, He was getting all the first team reps today, nothing like getting Duke Shelley in there. Um, But he had a few of those plays today where he was just on the ground and leaving the receiver wide open and. Uh, if you do that against Allen Robinson, I mean, it's easy money. But come week one, Green Bay has some pretty good receivers. They have a pretty good quarterback as well. I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> no. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's just a little worrisome at this point. But we'll see what comes through. Pre- Again, this is only practice. Not trying to overreact, but just sharing my observations uh, today that I saw him on the ground in coverage when there really wasn't, I think, any reason to. It's just more him just tripping up over his own feet. So he needs to refine that technique a little bit as well. Uh, maybe he looked a little stiff, too, in his uh, hip movement when I was watching them just doing some warm-up drills. So he needs to work on that just a little bit more as well. Anything else from you from the secondary? Again, a lot of trench work today. Yeah, a lot of trench work, and to stay at that nickel corner position, I thought Duke Shelley, you know, had a better practice than than yesterday, so I'm uh, make a pass breakup. But, yeah, that Buster screen and him, they have their days where they're good, then they, you know, obviously go in the other direction. But, like you said, Green Bay's got some receivers that they'll definitely put in the slot. Devontae Adams is one of them. And, again, similar body type to an, an Allen Robinson. So he's got to be able to do better at staying in front of those guys. Don't get tripped up in the beginning. At least contest the catch. Maybe the catch is still made, but at least contest and be in position to. But, yeah, that's still a position. I think it's still going to be Buster Screen who starts week one. But it's a position that you want to see one of these guys just consistently have good practices. But it's been up and down for both of them. Did we forget to mention Danny, his interception? We did, yeah. Danny Trevathan, he did have an interception. It was off a tip pass. I didn't see who got that tip ball. Did you? I did not know. That was uh, was that in seven on seven or? It was eleven on eleven. Okay, it was eleven on eleven. Yeah, it was in team drills. I don't know who got the tip, but there's been so many plays this year from the defense that the ball gets tipped and they're finding a way to come down with the interception. And honestly. It's exciting to watch. I'm not even going to put that too much on the offense right now. I really think it's just the defense being so damn good. And on top of that, this can translate over to the regular season. That would be nice. It just seems like it's something that they've coached up, that if you're going to get your hand on the ball, do it in a way in which the ball goes straight up into the air. And then from there, they usually have a a pretty good job of – corralling that football and taking it for a good distance. Dane Trevathan was the one with it today, and we've seen plenty of people in the secondary come away with those kind of interceptions throughout camp as well. Absolutely, yeah. So this defense and the regression, 
let's no, that's not a thing. Chuck Pagano has has these guys playing really well. They're just getting after the football like they did a season ago, and it's great to see. Uh, Eddie Jackson definitely would have had an interception in practice had Mitch Trubisky thrown the ball. Uh, I think he was targeting Ben Broniker over the middle, and Eddie does what he does, jumps the route, and Eddie's looking at Mitch Trubisky. He's like, <laughs> oh, if you would have thrown this, it would have been all over with, and thank goodness Mitch didn't. But, yeah, I think we saw some good things from the safeties. The starting guys today, Hawkland Dix, like we mentioned, getting that interception. Eddie definitely would have had one had Mitch thrown that ball. But this defense is getting after the football, being very aggressive, and, you know, it's encouraging to see with Chuck Pagano now as a D.C. I'll tell you what. I'm feeling once he gets to the preseason, offenses uh, from second string, third string, I mean all three as well, but – they're going to just have a hard time. I really think this Bears defense, the talent level is really deep. And I think once you get to preseason and you're watching the twos and the threes in game action, I think they're going to give opposing teams uh, some fits and they're not going to get some good tape on their guys that they're probably looking for here in some preseason games. You know, yeah, definitely. Uh, the guy that, of course, we mention every podcast, but just because it's him, Khalil Mack, did, not unless I'm just not remembering any big plays, but – I know everybody in the stands, I, maybe their first-timers here at training camp, are like, look at 52, look at the way he's stretching, look at that mm-hmm. leg go up in the air. I, I don't know if there was uh, any actually big plays or memorable plays, which is, again, not a bad thing, I but think they're so used to it. I think they really like leaned on the backup outside backers today. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of Leonard Floyd out there. Yeah, true. I didn't see a lot of Khalil Mack out there. I think they're really leaning on uh, some of the depth pieces here today because, again, it wasn't really full live team. It was just situational stuff, and – Maybe they're just saving them for another day, but they or they wanted to get a look for some of those backups right now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, not a lot from Khalil Mack or Leonard Floyd today, but I really thought they were just more on the sideline and being spectators today than anything. Yeah, because they've been making a bunch of plays throughout training camp, and you want to see what those backups can do. Anything else on defense? I think that covers it for me today. Yeah, I think, I mean, we hit on all kind of three levels there, the D-line, the linebacker. Yeah, we said we weren't going to go. It was informal, but it worked. But but we did it again. Um, But, yeah, those were the big takeaways from offense, defense. I mean, now we have to, of course, go to the special teams and the kicking update. All right. Well, Elliot Fry today, he was 10 of 11, you said, Nick? Yes, he was 10 of 11. And throughout this camp, he and this credit to Rich Campbell from Chicago Tribune, 27 of 31. (laughs) Take that. Yeah, 27-31, including, what, two 55-yarders and a 50-yarder, I, w- I want to say, in, in today's practice? Oh, t- today's, yes. Today's practice, yes. Yes. Yep. So, again, we're seeing some good things out of the kicking, uh, you know, battle that's going on. Pinheiro did not have a chance to kick, but today was Elliot Fry's day. He made the most of it, made, you know, a lot of his kicks, and that's what you want to see. It is Friday, isn't it? Oh, here we go again. Yes, it is Friday. Check the calendar. It is. No, it it definitely is Friday. (laughs) (laughs) I had to throw it in there uh, one more time. But, yeah, that's that's it for special teams. We hit it. I mean, another day where the kicking is impressive. Uh, Now we just have to see them do it in game action because now I am confident in these guys to go ahead and make these kicks in practice. But when the pressure's on, there's an opposing team in front of you. If it's a crunch kind of situation to, you know, go ahead or take the lead late in the game or even tie it up. I want to see if they have the confidence to go ahead and drill some of those kicks as well because there is a difference between kicking in practice and kicking in a game just like practicing as well. It can go either way. But, yeah, I'm excited to see exactly how this all shakes out uh, with the kicking situation. Uh, Someone was asking on Twitter today, hey, any updates on Pat O'Donnell? They have not been punting in practice. No, and, well, he did, uh, what, he spiked the ball today. Oh, yeah, okay, we saw that, yeah. (laughs) He went under center. It was weird. The special teams unit spiked the ball, and Pat O'Donnell was the one under center. 
Yeah, like they did like the fire drill where mm-hmm. they took out the first team offense and the special teams, the field goal unit came on. Um, but instead of the offense clocking it, it was a special teams unit that went up there. O'Donnell clocked it, and then from there they were able to kick a field goal. But yeah, I never saw a field goal unit be the you know the team to actually <laughs> spike a ball. Yeah, because I mean you know that would mean it would be fourth down, and that would just be turnovers on downs. You know. Unless they're going on third down. Unless they did. Well, I mean, I know this was a different situation, so it could have been. Could have been. Who knows? Uh, yeah. That- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. It was uh, weird to say. I know people are like, oh, fourth quarterback, number 16. Who's Battle that? Donald? Yeah. I mean, he uh, does have a perfect pass rating in his career still. That is true, to Benny Cunningham against the Vikings. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, but it is, you know, just kind of go back to the kicking before we wrap things up here. Everybody is tuning in. It's not like mm-hmm. this is where you go to take a bathroom break or go get some food in training camp. Everybody's watching the kickers. Sometimes people are loud and rowdy. Sometimes they're just pitch quiet. So it's interesting to see that, obviously, with the Bears kicking wolves over the past couple years, now everyone's just paying attention. They're cheering when they make when these kickers make the field goals. They're oohing and on again when they miss but it's been interesting to watch for sure yeah i mean every practice i mean i know there's new fans here every day but everyone has the same reaction everyone's watching these field goals with a keen eye everyone's focused on it it's pretty much all conversations stop yeah everyone's just watching those kicks all right well that's pretty much it do you have anything you want to end on today i'm a little sad that this is going to be my last day here in uh, you know beautiful bourbon a illinois as i have to head back home after this podcast and i know you'll be here you said tuesday next week possibly tuesday yeah maybe monday we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with the work schedule but we didn't even tell everybody what we did after practice yesterday oh what when we ate our own weight in crab yeah it was we both love love crab but by the end of this endless crab at the crab cellar i was looking at this last piece of you know, crab meat, mm-hmm. we just would discuss. Like, I needed to finish. It was the 15th leg that I had that night, and, wow, it was it was great crab, though. It was a great time. It was king crab? King crab. It was the last I want to make sure people yeah. know you weren't eating 15 no, legs. No, of... these are not. These legs were massive. So Like Cleo Max? Like Cleo Max, yeah. <laughs> uh, they didn't have Cleo Max. Probably doesn't have spikes. Oh, Come my, my hands Yeah, no, hurt. our thumbs are actually hurting, but... Not to get off track. Uh, good like, times, though. Good Definitely time. going to be a tradition from years on. Yeah, after uh, camp and around this time, go to the crab cellar, get a limited crab. There we go. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, we're only 17 reviews from 500 and Apple Podcasts. Once we hit that goal, we will send a reviewer one free Bears jersey of their choice. Plenty to choose from. By the way, real quick, that reminds me, we've had a few people ask, what's the most popular jersey at Bears camp? To me, it's a toss-up. Is it Trubisky or Mac? It's one to two. Yeah, it's one of the two. I know Mac was rated higher in jersey sales, and then Trubisky wasn't far behind. Right. I, the entire NFL, but those two guys are definitely the prominent ones at camp. Yeah, I, if I, ha- I mean, right now it's a toss-up. I mean, I'm not counting, but if I'm looking around, it's primarily 52s and 10s, which is awesome to see so many current jerseys because there's coming here— There's a 52 here, over there, there's a 10 over there, so we're seeing them right now see? as people are walking by. I saw a few Eddie Jackson jerseys, but no, overall, Khalil Mack, Mitch Trubisky are the top two jerseys here at Bears Camp. Uh, but I'm going to call that an episode, Nick. So for my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, uh, this is Will DeWitt. I believe the next time that we talk to you will be 
Monday or Tuesday, Nick will have his report. And, of course, we're going to be having our first post-game show of the year in six days uh, for the Bears' first preseason game. And we mentioned we talked to Adam Johns on the way out here, and he said that the Hogan Johns Chicago Audible crossover episode needs to happen before this season. So we'll keep you updated on the whereabouts of that episode. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease.